1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blast in the shot. What a goal! Follies the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. Another win away from home in the Europa League for Wolves. A fantastic 4-0 win over FC Punic. We also chat the 0-0 draw against Leicester and that VAR situation. Do you want it sent to a place far, far away? We also look ahead to Manchester United at home and obviously the return leg for Punic in the Europa League. And there's a big announcement on the pod. Hello, welcome to episode... 81 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. All 77 Club, Instagram and Facebook, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter. And the usual Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, please write and subscribe. And uh, Tom from the Old Gold and Black, what are your socials? Uh, I think that it's the Old Gold 1877 <laughs> on Twitter, but just look for me on YouTube, that's where I am. The Old Gold Excellent. and Black. <laughs> uh, and, and Dan Bayliss is here and he doesn't really do social media apart from to complain about trains. Hello, Wolves fans. I'm good at that, though. Excellent. Right, we'll start with uh, European Cup action. Harry, the Europa League, FC Punic, an impressive 4-0 away victory. So four away goals, great start. It's hopefully pretty much job done. Yeah, I think it is job done. Um, strong team, wasn't it, as we expected to get the job done. And some good performances, especially Jimenez, another two goals for him. It's good to see Catrone come on. And then we wrapped it up with a penalty at the end, which I think he should have took really, but never uh, demanded it. Good performance, and let's hope we just get it over the line in the game at home. Bailey, so it was a nice, strong team, wasn't it? Good to see. Yeah, full strength, as far as I could tell. Mm. It was, I, we had way too much for them, didn't we? But at least they tried to play football a lot better than the um, the last lot we played against. These lads actually gave it a go, but um, sadly, after about 15 minutes, you just thought, oh, we'll get one here and that'll be the end of it. And that's pretty much what it was, wasn't it? We were way, way too good for them. And Tom, what about you? I suppose you know you want to get goals in these sort of ties, and getting them away from home is ideal, really. Yeah, they got, they got the job done, didn't they? Like we expected, but they did have to deal with a little bit of something different in uh, in terms of the crowd. It was a little bit uh, more boisterous than the Crusaders one, and a little bit of a first taste of a European atmosphere, I suppose, for some of them. So uh, yeah, they dealt with that that test really well, and they and come through with flying stars and. Uh, um, or flying colours, not flying stars. And <laughs> stars. The only, the only, uh, the only thing to mention is Sace came in, didn't he? For for Neves, I think he he did pretty well. Good for him to get some minutes under the belt, wasn't it, Harry? I suppose just showing how versatile he can be. Yeah, he's he come on against Leicester, as I don't know, which I'm sure we'll get on to. But he's the cover man, and he can be everywhere. He can also start. I'm guessing he'll probably start in the home game. So vital to have him as backup, considering he was linked to uh, who was it to Pass you mentioned Tom the other week. So. Nuno's kept him, and that's why, because he can play everywhere and he's a good cover. And obviously we mentioned the away following there, and I think it was 48 fans in the way, uh, away end officially because Steve Bishop uh, was late and saw about 18 minutes of football having travelled the 6,000 miles uh, to watch his beloved Wolverhampton Wanderers. And actually it was almost the first game he'd missed since 1970, which is just outstanding, isn't it? Not to have missed a single game since 1970. Um, a fantastic 
accolade you know for for fans who sort of say well i was at crawley and um i guess he's seen some crap hasn't he (laughs) (laughs) but i mean he started off seeing some some brilliant stuff i suppose i mean relegation in i think 76 that aside um great to to see him actually make the game because it would have been a real ball ache you know because turning up late for a game is bad but when you've got to travel Six thousand miles to do it, and various planes, trains, and automobiles you've, to get it. So, uh, well, big well done to uh, to Steve Bishop for doing that. You've got to question um, his planning, though. That's true. Yeah, you could be an expert really. by now, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt Doherty started. We weren't too sure whether he was going to. I called it last week. Just saying. Twenty um, ninth minute, he pops up and does what he does best—a a good bit of defending, but then getting the ball going down the other end and uh, making something happen. Bayless. Yeah, the job that we've seen him now do for the last couple of years, um, right place. I think, I think that's where our class really did show, didn't it? Our positional awareness and getting ourselves in positions to to create those chances. It was just a good finish at the end of the day. Harry, when you look at pre-season, you look at the Asia Trophy and you look at the Crusaders tie as well. Actually, only conceding one goal in normal time for that, and that was an own goal against Crusaders for Ryan Bennett. This is just a fantastic start to the season, isn't it? It is, yeah. Nuno's always been defensive-minded first, hasn't he? We've played Leicester as well, got a clean sheet there, so I know the other teams we've played haven't been amazing, but still, clean sheets uh, looking good, and just on um, Doherty playing, he didn't have much choice to do because Traore forgot his passport. <laughs> did, yeah. Very good effort. <laughs> Which is always brilliant. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's Spanish, obviously, so he's used to travelling around Europe with just ID, um, but obviously uh, slightly outside the uh, European Union. Um, in terms of stats, Tom, we don't normally take them too seriously, but a, a little bit more of an even game in terms of actual possession. But I thought the passages of play that Wolves had were, were much far superior than our Armenian side. Yeah, I, I just think that we were... As, as has been mentioned, we were far superior than them and um, just faster as well. It looked, again, because it was obviously before the season had started properly, it was another pre-season friendly. We just looked at that extra week, fresher and faster, you know, building up to the Leicester game. Uh, You'd have been tired if you were there, lads, doing a milk round in the morning and then playing football in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, it's going to be be very interesting next week, assuming that Torino don't throw their lead away and we don't blow ours. That's going to be a really tough game because it is going to be a proper, proper European fixture. It's about time, isn't it, to get the sort of, I don't want to call it a Mickey Mouse tie, but it's sort of a little bit of a mismatch because you can always tell by sort of away allocations about how big a game is, aside from maybe a Bournemouth in the Premier League. That you you know you're not really playing those those big ties that you that you yearn for almost, and that's what that last season was all about is to getting into Europe and then having a good game of, of football to watch. Um, Harry, no corners for either in that game, which was either a, a blessing in disguise when it comes to Wolves because it can be hot and cold. So no, neither team, no corners at all. No. no. Wow, that's mad. Crazy start, that's isn't it? Bad that? for bad for live betting. <laughs> yeah, it is. But <laughs> that's true. It, it, it was uh, the game was over, wasn't it? They had a few wild shots and then it flew about seventy yards over the bar. First half, I remember, but apart from that, the game was done, wasn't it? As soon as that early goal went in after half time, and like Bailey said, at least they had a go. Ty's done great performance considering how far he had to travel. That's a new thing to get the players to get used to, isn't it? Travelling so far for a European tie, and having to come back and play Leicester. So all in all, it was perfect, really, wasn't it? If you say that, it's sort of the travelling and stuff, I suppose we're not really used to it as a club, Tom, but in terms of the best players that we have, 
I guess traveling around Europe isn't actually that big of a deal, especially when you had Jimenez in Gold Cup action yeah. uh, over the summer as well. You know, and, and every time he goes away on international duty, he's flying to the other side of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when I was watching the game last Thursday, being a Wales fan, I always watch the games out in you know when Wales played against Azerbaijan and Armenia and stuff, and it did just look reminiscent of one of those games on telly and just. To to see like Matt Doherty and Conor Cody taking part in one of those games was a bit odd, really, for me. Uh, but yeah, the, the travelling is. I don't think it's going to be that big a problem for the players. It, lots, a lot, a lot has been made out of it by the by the media and by fans of oppos- opposing teams. But I think, as you've said, our players are so used to travelling all over the world that it isn't going to affect them mentally too much at all. I don't think. And how would you rate it as just an overall performance, Bayliss? Was it just that, that step up that you need, obviously, before that the season started against Leicester? Do you think it's just been timed very well? I don't think timing has too much to do with it because it's just how the competition runs. I would have liked something a bit more challenging, really, before Leicester. But a bit of a confidence boost, isn't it, I suppose? Jimenez get, getting the ball, getting three yards of space and smashing it into the roof of the net. It's, um, it's going to get you... It's going to get your goal-scoring boots going. And Harry, man the match. I'd give it him an S for his brace. I usually try and think of somebody off uh, off uh, the main track, but I'd say him an S as well. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say something controversial, but I can't really. <laughs> like Rui Patricio. <laughs> yeah, a bloke that Clean touched treat. the ball twice. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, let's just move on to Leicester. And I suppose there's only really one talking point that, that came out of it. And Harry, you obviously went to the game and were incensed enough listening to 606 on the way back home. And this is Harry. Now we're on the way back from Leicester now. And I can't believe like, At the time when the decision happened, I was like, well, VAR is always right. I've come out the ground. I've watched the replays. It's brushed off two people's shoulders. And they've given they've get VAR said that's handball. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Brushing off shoulders. You look. You know when they um, do the breakdown now for the new offside rules, yeah. and they put that big the absolute deadline, and they're saying if if it's your shoulder, is your shoulder part of play? Is your arm shot? It's not handball for me. It's absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe that that was given today. I don't know if my emotions are running high, but. I can't remember if Savage or the caller said. It. I think the caller, the actual Wolves fan, said it was handball, and I completely disagree. I really do. For me, it's an absolute joke. On a normal game, before all this VAR come in, that's a goal. No one, no one said that weren't a goal. Watching it live Harry, on the replay, looking at the screen, no one said it weren't a goal, and I'm absolutely gutted. I fully empathise with you, Harry. If you were there and yeah, you were celebrating, I, don't, I, don't. I can understand that. Must we have been went devast- mental. Yeah, I, I bet. Don't. I bet. And, and Harry, were you celebrating for quite a while before you oh realised? Oh, my God. We were going mental and then it all come down and we looked up. It said, VAR, make a decision. We're all laughing like, ah, you know, nothing's going to happen. No goal. Absolute yeah. joke. It's ruining football. It's ruining football. A goal like that. And in, it's a bit like the Aguero penalty decision. I know he's like technical in the, the game. It's ruining it. It's really, every time I celebrate in the late game now, I'm going to be stood there thinking, hold on, shall I celebrate or should I stand there for five minutes won, and wait? But you won't, but you won't, but you won't, will you? But, yeah, well, we, yeah, but then but we're going mental, Robbie. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So let me, let, let, me, let me ask you a do? question. Let me ask you a question. So, ask me a question, Robbie. So Wolves against Aston Villa. Yeah, 90th minute. Yeah, we'll always beat them. Yeah, yeah, 90th, on, 90th minute, Wolves yeah. score. 
You're, you're yeah. not going to celebrate because you think, oh, go mental, and then go. four minutes later, oh, it, it is. So it, you it, are. He brushed his shoulder and his it's arm. Ball. It's him on the no, arm. No. Harry, it's him on the arm. Shoulder. On the arm. Come on, Robbie. It's... You don't even brush their shoulders today. I've rung... He ricocheted with both their shoulders and he's give him ball. I've rung two referees. I've rung two referees because, you know, when I see it, I said, has it him on the arm? And two referees who refereed in the Premier League said, yeah, it's the correct decision. And that's really their a, opinion. It's a nut of a width and it's, it's an Doesn't matter. It's I can understand if he volleyballed it into the top corner. Doesn't matter. He's it's a two players' arms, he's dropped down, he's whacked it into the net. We've all gone mental. And then we all calm down, Robbie. We look up and, oh, VAR. It's ruining the game. Robbie, you played in the Premier League in a great era. Can you imagine if you were playing, you nodded one in, it brushed you on the shoulder, and then you were running back and knowing you'd scored a goal for Blackburn or whoever you played for, and then they're like, oh, no, sorry, Robbie. It's brushed the top Harry, of your arm. Harry, off. Harry, you're Harry. not getting a goal. Harry, do you know what? Absolute rubbish. Harry, you're so near, but yet so far. Harry, have you changed your mind? No, I haven't. Um, I still think... I know with the new rules, the brand new rules that the Premier League actually tweeted out because of the controversy with the bollage stuff. That is the letter of the law now, but I still think it's pathetic. Like he's literally brushed the top of his arm, gone down to dead bunker, and he scored. And like I said to Robbie there, when I was five points deep, going mad, how can you give penalties for that? You know what I mean? What if you head it and it brushes your shoulder? There's no intent there at all. And I just can't get behind this new rule. I know that's what a lot of fans have been saying. Get saying, oh yes, but that's the new rules. Now you've got to get used to it. But like me and Tom were saying, just before recording, consistency. You've got the Glenn Murray one when he put his arm up in the air off a free kick. I'm, I'm just watching the game before this now, the Super Cup final. Salah's bicycle kick it to Azpilicueta's arm in the box. No VAR decisions. It's just they can't do one for one and one for another. It's going to cause more problems than clearing up like problems that that's what VAR's meant to do it's meant to stop controversy it's creating more yeah I completely agree with what you're saying Harry it's it's absolutely ridiculous the fact that the whole point of VAR is to eliminate mistakes all it's doing is just making it worse because there's such minute things this Sterling being offside by 5mm this an arm just being brushed slightly that's hardly affecting anything it, it's where do you draw the line it's clearly gone miles too far clear mistakes offsides, penalties maybe, and a goal, goal line. That's where it's got to end. We're going to start having 100, 110 minute long football games that are supposed to be 90 minutes. It's an absolute joke. Tom, would you send the technology to a place far, far away? <laughs> um, I'm I'm of the belief that it does, it can benefit the game, but it is not in the way that it's been used at the moment. I think that the, uh, the emphasis should be put on to the teams and to the players and the captains rather than the officials uh, and it should be like in cricket you get one review per game per team I like that. because because Leicester might not have wasted if they if when they conceded that goal nobody argued with that decision at all so they might have thought right well we won't waste their review because maybe there'll be a red card decision later or we might have a goal disallowed or something like that so it would I think it would benefit the game greatly to have to put it in the hands of the players uh but it's not it's not working at the moment at all one one thing i do want to ask what is stopping a, a skillful winger a sane a jotter that we've got something like that running into the box flicking the ball up off the outside their boot into the, someone's arm and going good, right, good question that is true well, you'd aim for the arm i want a penalty is well, it saying now if it hits the arm or not it's a penalty that's a new rule isn't it well yeah, exactly. it, it was my understanding that had that have been a Leicester play that the ball ricocheted off in the box on uh, on Sunday, then it wouldn't have been a penalty just because of the of the of Bolly not looking at the ball. 
uh, almost having his back to the ball and not knowing anything about it. So he couldn't have, it wouldn't have been given as a handball. Whereas because we benefited from it by getting a goal, then it was disallowed. But the, there are there are inconsistencies within the rule because the you can't have if it hits an attacking player's arm, then it is a penalty. Uh, it's not a goal, but if it hits a defender's, then it's not a penalty. But then you, and the we saw as well over the weekend the Watford one and the Sheffield United one where it hit their arms, but nothing happened from it. Well, the Sheffield United one's exactly the same as our situation. Yeah. To be fair, though, there was a replay showing it didn't hit his arm for that but one. There, there was an angle from a uh, that Willie Bolly didn't look like it hit his arm as well. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but what I want to say is it's almost as if they're making the rule to rule goals out. So they they want to rule them out, and it? it's as if they're yeah. aiming to rule them out with that rule. It's just ridiculous. And being at the game, I think you went as well, didn't you, Tom? Yeah. Going mad for two minutes. Well, all calm down. Look up at the screen, and it comes up, and the walls are like ironically cheering to say, "Oh, come on!" Yeah. But no one expected there's anything wrong. And then when it ain't give, Leicester cheer nearly, nearly as loud for the no goal. Like Nuno said in his post match, it's just yeah. it ruins it a bit, doesn't it? It really does. Well, I didn't go mad when the goal had been scored because I'd watched Man City West Ham the day before, and I knew, oh, I or I just had a sense of something's going to be wrong with this. And the longer it went on for that check, you just know, well, it's, it's not going to be a goal. And of course, the man who is going to be in charge of Wolves' next Premier League game, John Moss, yeah. was <laughs> the man that ruled it out in the VAR room. So um, I'm, I guess I'm in a position here where I probably need to, for balance, stick up for VAR. And I think <laughs> ever since it's been touted as a way of clearing things up, everybody has always called for it. Now, to me, it may seem that it's gone a little bit too far. But what we have to remember is that every single Premier League club has had a vote on this being used. And we now live in a world where if you have a vote, you can't go back on it. So what we have to do is say that is the will of the people to say that we need to use VAR and VAR is here to stay. Is it the VAR that is the problem or is it the that rule change? Problem? So yeah, it's the rules, to, I think. It's, the it's rule, that rule change of the handball. It's, it's yeah. been overcomplicated. I think that it, it should be very... It worked well in the World Cup last year. It worked to some extent. It worked well in the Women's World Cup, but they brought in a couple of stupid rule changes before that started. So I think it's the rules more so than the VAR at the moment that is the problem. Now, in the actual game... Uh, I thought it was a great game. I thought it was a good point for Wolves, Harry. You'd have taken a point before the game, obviously taking out the context of what happened. Yeah, 100%. I'd have took a draw before the game. Leicester, you know, they're a decent team. They'll be up there. First half hour, we just, not much happened, did it? We quite limited them quite a lot. And it was a very even game. The way they sailed, they had like Vardy up front on his own. And we contained them quite well. And second half, that first bit of the second half, obviously when we ended up getting the goal that didn't exist, we really went at them for a bit, didn't we? But as soon as that bar incident happened, I think you'd everyone was settled for the draw then, weren't they? But not the stuffing out of us a bit. So really good performance. Would have took the point. It's just a bit gutting. We didn't snatch that win. Tom, in terms of finishing, a bit of an off day for Jota. Yeah, very. Fr- well, not just Jota. I think Jimenez had a chance as well that he hesitated. He was almost looking for Jota to come at the back post when he was uh, in the second half. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was because he. He's looked well. That chance that he had against Crusaders, where he just hit it straight away without thinking. Um, from memory, I think that's the only goal he scored, isn't it? In preseason, he's been more contributing for Jimenez to to score. So I don't know. He was snatching at him, dragging his shots a little bit. It was a little bit worrying, but hopefully, I mean, if he, by the sounds of it, he might play tomorrow night against Punic because Nuno is suggesting there's not going to be too many changes. He should probably go and fill his boots there for United. 
Bayless, a lot of said was with the transfer window and, and how well Wolves did or didn't do, depending on what side of the fence that you sit on. When you look at that first game and the substitutions that came on, the difference it made when they did or didn't do, do you think that there's enough there in that squad to be competing? Again, I know a lot of people were talking pre-season about teams breaking into the top six. I mean, these were mostly people who aren't Wolves fans and sort of saw what happened last season and, and think that that could happen. But how much positivity are you filled with going forward just only one game in obviously yeah there's a there's a lot of hypotheticals obviously that go around that situation so it's difficult to sort of nail it down the current squad we've got in the current position is good enough to compete and have a long run hopefully get us into the group stages but the second you pick up a couple too many cards a couple of injuries then it starts to look a lot more difficult so it's more about the consistency of the team staying fit performing at a level and gaining that consistency rather than recruiting just for the sake of it, if that makes sense. Also, Harry, I thought Willie Bolly had a good game. Oh, mate, he was man of the match. He really was. And after the game, there's loads of Leicester fans on Twitter even saying how good he is. Like, he's just so good. And I think sometimes, because like, he's always decent, any he, really? You never, you never really had an absolute shocker. So I think Wolves fans can underappreciate him a bit, if you get what I mean. Because he's just that good. He never really gets mentioned. Like, if Bennett has a will be able to like, well, if he has a bad one, they're like, Oh man, but he was brilliant. He was like a rock, and he's just the man, isn't he? Definitely man of the match for me. No player made more blocks than Bolly. He made eight, also three tackles, gained possession eight times, and won seventy-five percent of his duels, including all of his aerial ones. Um, even if his handball did lead to the goal, being <laughs> off, of course. So that does actually prove the stats we talked about last week about Bolly being more effective than Harry Maguire. That's very true. And even though I thought Maguire probably had quite a, an assured performance against. Chelsea for Manchester United um, but now let's move on to Manchester United uh, it's the next one at Molyneux it's under the lights on Monday night your away perspective comes from Harry at the United Weekly Pods the away perspective what have our opponents got to say well, I'm joined by Harry Robinson from the United Weekly Pods Harry thanks for joining us to begin with no worries uh, pleasure to be on as always Excellent. Well, we always love playing Manchester United. Three times last season, managed to not lose. So can't be bad, can it? Uh, maybe not for you, yeah. <laughs> Just, what were your thoughts on those performances last season, by the way? Uh, well, I mean, because we hadn't played you for, for quite a while and then and then you come up and you obviously were, I mean, everyone recognised that you had a great squad. Um, and I remember you drawing to City at the start of the season and we all found that uh, reasonably funny as United fans and then you proceeded to embarrass us three times <laughs> well including in the cup um, and I, I mean most of the three performances we, we were pretty weak for um, rather than it being one of your best performances but I think in the cup particularly you completely outplayed us um, to an embarrassing level and, and one of all three were, were deserved wins or, or draws for you Something that we love to see, Harry, got to say. Uh, this one's a little bit different. United are looking good. I mean, it was a Chelsea side, obviously, they're under pressure with not being able to make any transfers and that sort of thing. And obviously, Frank Lampard yeah. looks like he'll lose his cult status within the next 10 games, and we don't mind seeing that either. Uh, how do you expect United to line up against Wolves for this one? Uh, very similar to against Chelsea. Um, I think such is the I think the status that Wolves has now. Um that United approach this game in a, in a very similar way to uh, the one against Chelsea, which obviously was a, was a fantastic opening day for us. Um, so I think we'll, we'll see an, an exactly replicated back line of, of De Gea um, 
new signing wan Bissaka and Harry Maguire with Lindelof and Shaw. Um, and then midfield is probably the, the trickiest area because uh, we saw Pogba, Andreas Pereira and the Manny Mat- and uh, Sorry, uh, Pogba, Andreas Pereira and Scott McTominay start. Um, and I think Pogba and McTominay will start again. Pereira is the only one I'm, I'm not sure about because he's, his defensive positioning at least is, is not brilliant, but his off-the-ball kind of pressing is, is much better than our midfielders, um, which is why he played against Chelsea, whether Solskjaer will go with him again, I'm not sure. But I think probably we'll see almost exactly the same lineup with Marcus Rashford starting up top again after, after bagging two against Chelsea. So uh, I don't think there'll be too many surprises, although it's possible that Dan James will come in um, for Jesse Lingard. Now, just before we get onto a score prediction, a lot of people talking about teams that could break that potential top six. Now, depending on who it is, aside from that, do you think it's possible? Uh, I think it's possible. I think of all the seasons fit that happen, this this looks like it should be the most likely. Um, but the, the thing is, is, is that a few years ago it was, can you break into the top four? And to be fair, Tottenham Hotspur managed to, to do that after after many, many years of trying. Liverpool fell out and then came back in. City certainly managed to, to break into it with money. Um, and Wolves have a, a lot of money in, and perhaps they will be the ones to replicate City, although the, the quantities of money are certainly uh, less and the, uh, the suspicious nature of it is probably um, a little less dodgy. But it's certainly possible this season. Chelsea, I think, are going to have real struggles. Um, I actually think United will finish sixth and it won't happen this year. Um, but I think certainly the gap will become much, much smaller than it was last season. Because I think it's worth remembering that even though Wolves looked fantastic last season, Leicester looked good. And despite losing Maguire, have got a very good young squad. Um, and I think Everton have strengthened well, although some of their signings are a little bit weird because I don't think... I think the problem for the sides who are trying to get there is they really need to make really, really quality signings that are significant enough to to stop that difference and carry them above United, Chelsea and Arsenal. And I think some of the signings that that, uh, Wolves, Leicester and Everton made have kind of made them equally as good, but not quite good enough to to overtake. So I think it's possible. I don't think it will happen this year. Just your thoughts on Harry Maguire very quickly. I I know people have been banging on about him for a long time. I think it's the price tag that comes with it. Um, But also, you've only seen him for one game, but I know Gary Neville came out after the Chelsea game was singing his praises, saying that the price tag and the old Trafford occasion didn't get to him. What were your thoughts on him? I think it's it's always worth remembering that um, the pressure of making a debut at Old Trafford in, in what is remains a big game, even though it's the opening day of the season, having joined for a world record fee is, is enormous. Um, and to cope with that, whatever age you are, and obviously Maguire is not the young player that, say, Anthony Martial was when he joined, or, or even Rashford was when he made his debut, or Dan James, who came off the bench. Even though Maguire is, is 26, that's an enormous amount of pressure. So, yeah, he did very well, and, and he was he was looking like he will shore things up for United at the back. Um, I think the, the, the key thing we're all looking for with Maguire is, in 12 months, will we be talking about the price tag? And we don't talk about Virgil van Dijk's price tag anymore. United fans stopped talking about Rio Ferdinand's price tag a, a couple of years after he joined. Um, and if you go even further back with Gary Palace, that he joined for a massive fee, uh, or relatively what was a big fee, and people never mention that fee again. So if Maguire stops being referred to as the £80 million Man United signing within the next 12 months, then he clearly will have, have done the, the job that he was brought in to do. And I, I think he will do that. 
It's a great point on the price tags. I mean, no one talks about Phil Jones' massive 17 million for the time, do they? There's <laughs> so, so much more to be talking about with him. <laughs> And we've wasted too much money for Jones to be the the brunt of the of the transfer criticism. Yeah, that's very true. Um, right, Harry, just uh, let's move it on to a score prediction. Neck on the line, time. If you put, had to put your house on it, uh, I think we're going to go with two one United. I'm not sure. <laughs> Weirdly, I think if you'd asked me to predict the two games before. Uh, the Chelsea result. If you'd asked me to predict United Chelsea and United Wolves, I think I might have gone with a, a United Wolves draw rather than a win for United. And I think it's it's certainly wrong of me to get too far ahead of myself after a game against the Chelsea side with a new manager without any new signings, having lost their best player. And in a game which United, to be honest, looked pretty poor in the first half and, and there were still weaknesses right up until, until the second goal. Um, so perhaps I'm being a little too confident but the, the on the theme of confidence there's certainly a lot of it in the United squad I think United will have a, a good start to the season involving a win against Wolves so 2-1 United with, with Rashford to get another goal and Harry as you're a United fan and you've got them to finish sixth so far I'd like to ask you who's going to win the league because I, I guess it's like saying which leg do you want to chop off oh <laughs> uh, yeah um, well both preferably <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't have to suffer the the uh, ignominy of, of City winning three in a row. Um, I think it'll be City, yeah. Uh, it'll be City. I, well, if you drop both your legs yeah. off, you'll be able to run away from your problems, that's for sure. Well, Harry, thank you for talking <laughs> to the 77 Club. Best of bad luck for the Monday night. No worries, you too. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? So, Harry's quite confident. That's their Harry, obviously. Um, well, Harry may as well go to our Harry. <laughs> we have the European Cup game before Manchester United I'll just get your thoughts on that just very quickly before that because it could be changes or no changes in, in terms of what that will be so I mean what would your starting 11 look like against the Armenians yeah I would um, actually make a lot of changes if people might be listening to this after the game if they listen Friday or something but I'd make quite a few um, with obviously 4-0 up obviously put Petrone in maybe start Sace or you know for Edward in who hasn't really had much of a run out we surely can't throw away a 4-0 league I mean I don't want to jinx it but hmm. let's uh, <laughs> hope that we do get the job done but knowing Nuno I think Tom was saying that he might not make too many changes in his press conference so you never know he might go full strength again it's a bit of a risk going full strength considering how much how much football's coming up I would, I'd probably rest a few of the key ones I'd rest Neves Jota Jimenez give Catrone a proper good run out get Vanagre back in the team uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of football coming up that Wolves have got to try and be really competitive in. I want to see another good show against Man United. I want to see us go to Turin where there's going to be a hell of a lot of Wolves fans, hopefully. Um, and then we've got Burnley quick fire after that. You know, Wolves need to pick up points from that or else it's a, a bad start to the season as well. Tom, do you echo that? Yeah, I think just a small bit of ro- rotation. I think like p- playing John Ruddy... I think I could play in goal on Thursday pretty much. He's going to be. We're not, he's not going to get tested. Just uh, maybe Kilman and a, a couple of players, but keep the core of the t- of the team basically the same. I would. Excellent. Okay. Well, Harry, we'll bring it back round to Manchester United. Obviously, we love playing Manchester United. Mentioned it in the away perspective three times last season. Uh, two wins and a draw in there wasn't too bad, was it? And how would this one sort of match it? So obviously, we we play better against those so-called better teams. Well, it's a Monday night, the Monday night game. Obviously, it's still a huge game. It always is against Man United, isn't it? And we all seem to beat them these days. So hopefully, we can do it again. After watching their win against Chelsea, they won four 0 but it didn't tell the full story, did it? They did look very vulnerable at times. So I think we can get get at them. And I fancy us. I really do. I fancy us to get a result there. And um, they're not 
and Man United a few years ago, as we all know from last year, because we keep doing them over. And I really do expect us to get a result. Tom, where are those vulnerabilities and, and where can we make use of those? Well, I was, funnily enough, I was just going to mention the uh, the team that we've just played in Leicester, I think, have probably one of the best, almost balanced midfields in the whole division. And we matched them, I think, pretty closely. And I think, you know, Pogba's touch and go, whether he wants to stay or not. Uh, McTominay still young. I, th- I think they've got vulnerability. They've got a soft belly in the midfield. And if Neves and Moutinho can play well, I think we can we can beat them in that area. And score prediction? Mm, a pessimistic one-all draw. I want to go for a solid 2-0 win. And Tom? Uh, I think we'll sneak it 1-0. Perfect. Okay, we'll move on to your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah, so um, I've got your ticket news this week because Jack couldn't make the podcast because he'd ridden some cat shit. And apparently that's a good enough excuse that you can't come on and do the podcast. So as far as we know, for the Punic game, there were some tickets available at the time of recording because um, I'd booked one for a mate. Uh, Man United is going to be a sellout anyway. See you all in Turin. Pretty much. And also, um, we obviously noted the 48 Wolves fans that travelled to Armenia and at the counting so far, there are going to be zero Armenian fans <laughs> in the ground for the <laughs> no, uh, really. I'd have thought there'd have been some local Armenians that might have turned up. There's got to be. Yeah. But they probably support their rivals. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) The Punic rivals. Um, Bayliss, what what are we looking like bets-wise? Yeah, I've gone for the Man U game rather than the Punic one because um, Wolves are obviously ridiculous favourites and the value is very difficult to find. Again, Wolves are now a lot shorter against the big teams than we were this time last year. So... You've got to try and find yourself some value again, but I've been on to our, uh, our partners over at fansbet.com. Wolves to win and both teams to score is now 5.5 to 1, which I thought was a decent odd. Not too bad. A 2-1, a 3-1, something like that. Um, if you do fancy that, but you don't know how to hedge it, you can have Wolves to win 2-1, 3-1, or Harry's 4-1, which uh, is a bit out there. But any of those scores is about 4.5 to 1, so again, it's not too bad. And then uh, if the VAR comes back in our favour... A Wolves to score a penalty eight to one. Oh right, Ooh. okay. Well, you never know. Might the will there will be a lot more specials go up, especially some scorecast specials. Hopefully, a lot bigger odds. Um, so I've asked some of those from our partners over at Fans Bet. So if you get on there after the game Thursday night, they'll start going up on there, and you will see a lot more bets coming through. Perfect. Okay. Um, is there anything else that we want to talk about now? Um, what's that program that Clarkson, Hammond, and May did when they got kicked oh. off? top here the grand tour eno follow the 77 club as they race each other from england to italy in proper grand tour style one team will use public transport the other will drive each team must set foot in at least three countries on their way to wolves versus torino at the stadio olimpico grande the first team to the bar wins before a live podcast with prizes to be won the grand tour eno Backed by Fans Bet, the only betting site where supporters of the team you love can always benefit, even if you don't back a winner. So that's incredibly exciting. Harry, you're in the car on the way there and actually on the way back, and me and Bayless will jump in with you on the way back because we want to go and do some see- sightseeing in France. And when I say sightseeing, I mean go to a bar in France. <laughs> um, what route are you going to go? Uh, well, you're probably asking the wrong person. So we're asking the right person. You're driving the car. <laughs> 
Is it Folk? Where is it? Folkestone we're going to catching the train Folkestone. to start off from Wolverhampton. Is it from Halsow in Sorry, I think we're getting the car. No, it is Wolverhampton. Oh no, it is Wolverhampton. So from Wolverhampton down to Folkestone, catch the train across, which should be about eight o'clock on Wednesday night by the time we get there. And then me and Seb have got license to drive. We're with our mate Lewis, but me and Seb are going to alternate for the night. Alternate. So we could be like zombies by the time we get to Turin, which if everything goes well and we get no traffic and we have no problems and don't get robbed or like get murdered <laughs> or something. That would put a damper on we, we could potentially be in Turin at like eight o'clock in the morning. Well, <laughs> I can't have you winning. Uh, Bayliss, what I know, what's but happened? I reckon what <laughs> will happen is me and Seb are got, we're giving it the Billy Big Biscuit, Biscuits now. But I think we will need sleep. When it gets to about midnight, when we're in France, I reckon we'll have to pull over and just like have a few hours. But yeah, if we go straight through and we do it, we could be in Turin for about eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. On the beers. So we got we got a bit arrogant, the people taking the public transport route, and thought this is going to be a piece of cake. So we set ourselves a challenge. We had to do it for as cheap as possible, and we had, we couldn't just go straight from England to Italy. We had to to go to another country in between. So we're flying to Zurich in Switzerland. And then we're getting like the longest bus through the Swiss Alps you've ever seen in your life. But it was only eight. It was only about eight quid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to get into Turin sometime in October. <laughs> well, covered in snow. Um, Tom, are you getting there? Uh, I'm just trying to get the details of. But I am flying uh, from Birmingham to Munich at 7am on Wednesday and then going from Munich to Turin Airport for, I expect we will arrive about 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday So, I mean, Tom, obviously you didn't really know much about that, who do you think is going to win? Uh, well, uh, well as Bailey said, he's going to arrive mid-October, I've got to go for Harry, haven't I? <laughs> obviously it's first to the bar that wins and then a live podcast obviously we will be uh vlogging and uploading content as we go sort of letting you into who might be winning the race who isn't winning the race and we don't even know who that's going to be yet but obviously you're all more than welcome to come and join us in that bar and like the jingle said there are prizes to be won and it's all thanks to uh, projecthouse.com the recruitment service and also to our sponsor of the podcast fans bet too for making it possible and you never know what we could be doing in the future. You know, if we open up into a group stage scenario, which I know we're jumping a gun a little bit, um, but to potentially have three away games to be doing something funny, quirky, then you never know. But obviously, come and join us if you're in Turin. Uh, come and have a laugh. Come and have a beer. And uh, hopefully we'll make a, a great day of it. Um, we'll end, though, by saying uh, goodbye to Harry. Goodbye. Who, of course, is still top of the leaderboard. Yes when it comes to level up. Uh, we'll say goodbye to Tom. Tom, thank you for stepping in. Uh, thankfully, you're not covered in cash yet. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not that you know of. No, that's true, yeah. He's into all sorts, that Tom. He's weird. They do things differently in Wales. Um, but we will uh, carry on now with uh, Bayliss for level up. Dan, what do you think your chances are of getting past Harry, who's been in the lead since day one? Mm, slim to none. Slim to, you know, that confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's... Excellent. It's, it's, I suppose I can pass. I just want to beat Finners, to be perfectly honest. I mean, he's ni- he's 19, he looks like he's 45. <laughs> Uphill paper round and all that, but he wasn't very good, which gives me like a... There's a little silver lining that I might not be the shittest. Well, let's. there's only one way to find out. Let's play Level Up. Let's play Level Up. Okay, question number one. From which club did Wolves sign Stephen Fletcher from? Sunderland. Incorrect. 
He obviously was sold to Sunderland. This isn't a good start, Dan. A Burnley is the answer, of oh. course. Uh, record signing at the time, six and a half million pounds. Still on level zero. Which current Premier League club has the smallest ground in terms of capacity? Bournemouth. Level one. Very good. Up to level one he goes. So you're on a you're on the roll. Let's go. Let's go. You're on the board. Which team knocked Wolves out of last season's EFL Cup? Leicester. Level two. Leicester, that's good. He's up to level two. Who is the only English player in the top ten of the ICC batting rankings? I'm not giving one. If I had to guess one, I would say it would be Joe Root. But I don't know whether to risk it or not. Hmm... I'm just going to pass. Level two. The pass, it stays on level two. It was Joe Root. Oh, it was Joe Root. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Didn't know where to take the gamble. This is a good question. Name three inductees into the Wolves Hall of Fame. Yeah, bugger it. I'll have a go. Derek Dugan. Derek Dugan is correct. Steve Bull. Steve Bull is correct. One more. There's so many to pick from. I'm just so worried that I'm going to get one wrong. I'm going to go really... Oh. Well, Billy Wright is an obvious one. But I want to go a bit more rogue and left field. But I'm going to stick and just say Billy Wright. Level three. Up to level three he goes. Very good. Oh, is yes. Burt Williams on there? Because that's what was within my rogue answer. Burt Williams is on there. Oh. Yeah, I could go through them. Mike Bailey, Peter Broadbent, uh, Stan Cullis, Malcolm Finlayson, Ron Flowers, Johnny Hancocks, Billy Harrison, Kenny Hibbert, Jackie Jones, John McCall. Uh, McCallie, sorry, uh, Jimmy Mullen, Andy Much is in there, Derek Parkin, John Richards, Bill Slater, Roy Swinburne, Andy Thompson, Dave Wagstaff. That's the uh, Wolves Hall of Fame, so not too bad. On to level three, Bayliss goes. Which are the only three countries to have won the Rugby League World Cup? I'm going to pass. I would have guessed that it's going to be something like Australia, New Zealand, and either us or South Africa, but I don't know the answer, so I'll pass. Is Australia, New Zealand and Great Britain. You stay on level three. This is looking good so far. Name Wolves chairman before Steve Morgan. I think I'm going to play tactically and pass this one again. I would have guessed Rick Haywood, but I'm going to pass just in case it's like a red herring. Which American won the Masters at Augusta this year? Again, it's one of those situations where I really want to say that it was Brooks Kepka, but I just can't remember. Going to have to hurry. Pass then. Pass. Tiger Woods. Ah, of course. Damn, yeah. Level three. Still on level three. Two to go. Who did Wolves play on the opening day of the 17-18 season? Two years ago when we were in the championship, I think we beat Middlesbrough 1-0. You're going for Middlesbrough? Yeah. Level four. Up he goes to level four. Level with Harry. All hinges on this last question. Where will Coventry play their home games in League One this season? I remember seeing something about this and it being like a really long trip. I don't want to risk it because I like the fact that I'm joint with Harry on the top spot at the moment. I would have guessed it's something like Northampton Town, but I'm going to pass. Level four. Passes stays on level four. It is Birmingham City. Ah, there we go. St Andrews is the answer to that. So, Bailey, you finish on level four. You happy with that? Uh, I could have been a bit riskier. The Joe Root one I sort of knew, but I didn't want to risk it. But, yeah, no, I'm fairly no, happy good with effort, that. Good effort. Right, perfect. Well, uh, we'll see you, uh, you on Thursday evening. Thank you for playing Level Up. The 77 Club. The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army.